Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. Can I interest you in a nightcap? No, thank you. I don't wear it. Jeff canceled golf because the weatherman predicted rain. Predicts rain. Doesn't rain. It's not the first time this has happened. Something fishy's going on here. What if the weatherman predicts it's going to rain just so he can keep people off the golf course and have it for himself. What do you think of that theory? I think it's ridiculous. It's the nightcap. How's it looking out there? It's wide open, man. Hardly anybody out there. Probably has something to do with that weather forecast. Probably does. Have you seen the weatherman out there? Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, there he is with uh, Dr. Funkhauser coming up on a night hole. Hey, Larry. What's going on? Beautiful day, huh? Yeah. Good day for golf. Yeah, you know, I was supposed to play today. Really? And Jeff called me last night and canceled... Because of your weather report about thunder showers. You made a mistake, so what? Come on. Oh, I said it was going to be thunder showers? Yeah, yeah. Oops. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah, okay. Nice to see you. Good Too to see bad you, for me. Take care. Too bad for me. I, I, I don't quite get your point. All right, weatherman, well, I'm going to tell you my point. I've got a sneaking suspicion that you're predicting rain to clear the golf course for yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Come on. Ridiculous. It's, it's the happened weather. before, weatherman. You know it. I'm going to report you because every time you want to play golf, Larry, you make sure that it's raining. Larry, first of all, I'm not a weatherman. I'm a meteorologist. I'd appreciate oh, a little bit of respect. On WGR Sports Radio 550. That's how I feel tonight. I'm in a combative mood the nightcap what's up joe dibiase here on wgr if that's not going to encourage you to call i don't know what will 8030550 is the phone number if you want to get in on tonight's conversation you can also text us at 555.50 be monitoring that and twitter at sneaky joe wgr the reason i'm in a combative mood and a little fired up tonight just a little bit not too much because the sabers got me going and, you know, I was, in a, I was in a good place when I woke up this morning. I was in a really good place. The Leafs lost. It's a beautiful day whenever the Leafs get eliminated from the playoffs. And Leafs Twitter is lighting itself on fire. Talking about they should fire Babcock or let Marner go in the offer sheet market. Or trade Kapanen or trade Nylander. All this stuff being thrown all over the place on Leafs Twitter. It was a good feeling. Last night when they lost to the Bruins, even though it was the Bruins. And I'm very much hoping that Columbus destroys them in round two. Because, I mean, Boston's won enough. We know that. My reasoning, if you didn't hear any of this on the station yesterday, my reasoning for rooting for the Le- for Boston last night over Toronto was, you know, the Bruins and all the Boston sports fans, like, they're already on that pedestal. Right? Like, what's the difference to them if they lose in round one versus lose in round two. All their teams, it's like championship or bust at this point. So is there even a difference? It wasn't as much on the line for them, I felt like. And here's Toronto. They've lost in the first round two years in a row. Mike Babcock 
has lost four straight first-round series. I don't need them winning that series, going on to win the Cup, and then also joining the Bruins on that pedestal. Keep them down here in the dumps. They have a talented team. They're great. They're a bit unlucky because of what the NHL playoff format is. All true. But I don't need them winning playoff series. Let them sulk. Let them have another offseason of not knowing how to fix things because they had lost two years in a row in the first round and then they signed John Tavares and they're still in the same spot. That's pretty funny to me. So all this is going through my mind and I'm in a good mood. And then I see this story from John Vogel on Ricard Gronberg, who was already probably tied for my favorite idea for Sabres head coach. It was Ricard Gronberg and it was Sheldon Keefe. Those are my two top guys. Love the idea of Keefe, the Marlies coach in the AHL. He's beating the Amherst right now 2 to nothing in games. That game's actually just starting right now on MSG. If you're looking for that game, that's on TV tonight. Uh, MSG has the Amherst uh, game three against the Marlies. They're down 2 nothing. They have to win the next three to advance. It's the Marlies broadcast, but the uh, you're still getting the game. It's on MSG. Sheldon Keefe, he's the Marlies coach. Analytical. Young, 38 years old, love it. A little strange that he's this big analytical guy, despite being like a former, <laughs> being like, I'm laughing, I'm sorry, because I just turned it on and immediately the Marley scored. Amherst down one nothing. But Keith was like this third line, like minor league hockey player. And generally those guys, when they make it into the coaching ranks, they're like the grind it out, we're going to chip and chase, we're going to fight hard in the corners. And no, like this guy, he probably does all of that. But added on top, very into the analytics of the game, very bright, came up under Kyle Dubas, who's the now the Leafs GM, who's very analytical, very bright, very young. And like I love I like the sound of that. That's that's progressive. That's innovative. That's thinking outside the box. That's acting like you're a step ahead of other teams. So I like that idea. I loved the Ricard Gronberg idea because that was also outside the box. No Swedish head, no European head coaches in the NHL since 2001. I'm not even sure when the last Swedish coach was, if there ever even has been one. He's got North American experience in college hockey. He's coached over here. He's a dual citizen. He speaks English. So there's not as big a communication issue there. It's not like you're bringing in a guy who doesn't speak English and Jack Eichel doesn't know what the hell he's saying. And then, John Vogel's story comes out today. Lots of good, juicy quotes in there from Ricard Gronberg. And I'm reading through, and every single thing he says in it, I'm like, yes, yes, Sabre coach, please, praying, let him be the next Sabre coach. Quotes like, just as an example, nothing is faster than the puck on the ice, right? To me, we work on passing skills as well as moving the puck. That supports the puck at all times. The game is not static anymore. Everyone needs to go outside the box a little bit. This is Ricard Gronberg. Forwards are not always forwards. Defensemen are not always defensemen. Situation that steers that and dictates it. That's how you raise the pace of the game. He talks a lot in there about players almost being positionless in the offensive zone, which kind of makes me think back to how the Soviet Union played when they were dominating. I didn't watch that, obviously, but from documentaries and watching old games and the 30 for 30 that ESPN did on them was really great. And like that's how they played. Flow of the game, offensive zone, you're pretty much positionless. And it keeps things flowing. It keeps things dynamic and moving. And that's what he's talking a lot about in there, how he likes to coach the game. As well as the communication part. And 
knowing how to relate with young players and working with young players. The combination of working on film with individuals as well as making sure that that molds into the team in general, but also valuing players' strengths over your system. Adaptability. Screaming out from this guy in this story. Everywhere. Analytics even. Like, I didn't know he was a big analytics guy. He's a 50-year-old Swedish guy. Who knows? That's the thing I liked about Keith the most. And he's in this story, and he's talking about analytics. And using them. How you interpret interpret certain analytics and plug them into what you're doing. All of this just sounds so good. Like, alright. And I got a report from over the weekend that the Sabres, like, his name was thrown into the mix. So I'm already thinking in my mind, like, all right, Jason Bottrell, all right, good job. I like that you're even considering Ricard Gronberg as your head coach. I like that you're even thinking about that. Because, you know, the McClellan report, which was the only one that we had beforehand to this Gronberg report, you know, any team could do that. Any team could be have a head coach vacancy and just look around and go, oh, who's out there? Todd McClellan, yeah, I could do that. Who's going to get on me for hiring Todd McClellan? It's a safe pick. No one's going to hate it. Maybe not. no one's going to love it, but no one's going to hate it. Let's do that. Todd McClellan. All right. That's what the Kings did. That's what the Sabres maybe tried to do. And then here comes this opportunity. You can hire the Swedish guy. You can hire Gronberg. Take a step forward. Be progressive. And then, Darren freaking Dreger comes on the instigators with this. I'm told that Jacques Martin is a top candidate in Buffalo, but he might be among them. There's been speculation on Todd Richards, although, you know, a couple of days ago I got the sense that, yeah, Todd Richards is of interest and he's certainly a candidate, but, you know, things weren't heating up there. Now, maybe it's changed in the last 24 hours. I don't know that, but yesterday I was told that Jacques is considered a top candidate. I mean, really? (laughs) I mean, come on. It's the worst idea. I didn't think there was a name out there that we could have heard during this coaching search that would have made me feel the way I did when I heard Jacques Martin's name today. I didn't think that guy existed. Now, our intern Marcos here, like we were kind of running through names, and he mentioned Randy Carlisle before the show. And that's probably the only other name I could think of at this point that would have made me feel the same way at this point. But when I heard Jacques Martin, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Really? I mean, I got to be honest. Is there a worse idea? I'd have serious doubts about Jason Bottrell's ability to be the Sabres general manager if he goes out and hires 67-year-old Jacques Martin. I'm not kidding. I'll have doubts if he's even seriously considering him. He has the Pittsburgh connection, yes. He has experience, yes. You know him, yes. How could you possibly get to him, though, as a serious head coach candidate for what the Sabres should be looking for? A young core of players with Darlene and Eichel and Reinhardt, and you're hoping Olafson, Nylander, and Thompson, these other guys are coming through the system at Pilot. And you get to Jacques Martin? It's not a great resume. It's a long resume, but it's not a great resume. I think Lindy Ruff has a better resume than Jacques Martin does. It's not a great style of play. 
only the New York Islanders really play. And I'm going off Paul here on this. Paul knows a lot more about Martin. No offense, Paul, but Paul's older than me. And I haven't, you know, I've only been alive for half pretty much of Jacques Martin's NHL coaching career. But the Islanders' style of play, which, you know, kind of lends itself to, all right, I'm not the most skilled team in the world. And the Islanders have talent, but, like, the Sabres have that high-end talent that I don't think I need to be playing that style of play. And Paul's talking about how Martin doesn't really have, you know, that discipline as a coach. And he's 67 years old. So is he really going to be the guy to come in here and relate and be a good communicator with the Jack Eichels and the Dalines and the Reinhardts and all of them? So if I'm not getting the great resume, if I'm not getting the great style, if I'm not even getting the discipline, and I'm not getting the relatability to players, is there a worse idea for the Sabres than getting Jacques Martin? I mean, it's about the worst thing possible in my mind for them if they do that. And I will immediately... I mean, I'll give him... I'll give him a break if he becomes a Sabre coach. Like, it could work. It's coaching in the NHL. I don't know. You might not even... In some instances, teams might not even need a head coach and they could be fine on their own. Not as much in hockey. The NBA always sticks out in my mind. Steve Kerr once uh, with the Warriors. I know it's the Warriors. But they, he did... He basically told the team, I'm not coaching tonight. Let's see how you do it on your own. And they just destroyed another team. So, in my mind, you know, if they hired Martin, my thought process would be, all right, well, I think you got to hope Eichel and Darlene and hope you sign Skinner and hope those guys are good enough to overcome who your head coach is. Like, that is the starting point for me if with that idea. And that is a terrible place to start. You shouldn't, I don't also think you should make decisions based on what your fans want. But, I think if you look around right now, Saber, the Sabres fan base, and, you know, there are some, some that aren't with the, the today's trends with the game. That's fine. But, is there a guy out there that could be more uni- un- unanimously disliked as an idea for Sabres coach? Shouldn't that tell you something at all? And you don't have to make your decision based on it, but shouldn't that make make you think about what your fans want to see? And run that by your players. I'd love to hear what they what what they would think about that idea. Because I just can't imagine a worse idea for the Sabres right now than Jacques Martin, especially on the heels of all these great quotes from Ricard Gronberg and how fresh an idea that is. Take a shot. Do that. Hiring Jacques Martin is easy. And I do not want to see the Sabres do that at all. There isn't any part of me that wants to see that. I've got to be honest, like... Paul's on our station a lot. Respect Paul and his hockey mind a lot. But I think differently than him on a lot of instances when it comes to the game. Like, Ristolainen comes to mind for that. And, like, what he is and what his role should be on the Sabres. But I've even got, I mean, Paul, the quote in his story, I th- spit and fire. And I couldn't agree with him more. 
from Paul's story, if Bottrell thinks the Sabres need a 67-year-old coach with an average record to relate to their young players, I would predict he's in for a rude awakening. And I got to be honest, that's I don't have as much to go on to back my opinion up on that because honestly, a lot of Martin's career predates me watching hockey. But like that's kind of my feeling right now about that idea in general. I don't want to spend the whole night on this. Um, 803-0550 if you want to get on that right now. Uh, I want to talk some NFL draft as we progress, obviously, because we are just about 24 hours away from the Bills picking ninth, assuming there's no trades. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But right now, let's talk a little bit on the Sabres coach search. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's start with Jonathan and Alden. Jonathan, you're on the cap. What's up? Hey, Joe. Thanks for the show again. I want to say um, I agree with you on the Martin hire being bad. The only the only silver lining is I read on Sabres Buzz Twitter that they're considering him to be an assistant. If he's an assistant, then I'd be okay with that. But it's just another example of Terry Pagula going out to former Sabres and former Penguins and former Panthers for the Bills. And he's just not just the same old weak hires. Like, come on, Pagula, think outside the box. Don't go stop going out to former Sabres, Penguins, and, and Panthers. Take the risk. Well, I, the one thing I do want to say here is this should be, by all accounts, this is Bottrell's head coach search. And I want to treat it as such. Because, you know, there are other owners in sports right now that are jumping in. I got Dan Snyder today, reports on him, that he's taking over the Redskins draft process. And part of me right now, like, I, I want to leave Pagula, Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula out of this for a second. Because, like, there's an owner that is just way overstepping into his personnel department with the team. And I don't really think we have enough evidence to think that we got the Pagulas doing the same thing here. So, but on the other hand, like, I don't know about the assistant thing. I haven't seen anything reputable that says that that's the case. If you want to hire him as an assistant, fine. I don't really care as much who your assistant coaches are. Just don't have that guy be the captain of my ship. And really, I don't even know if that makes sense. He's in Pittsburgh. He's already their assistant coach. Is he going to leave for the same job? That sounds a little strange to me. I, I don't know about that. Let's go to Anthony and Amherst. Anthony, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, Joe. Look, real quick. I'm 30, and you've made some really good points. And in, in talking about the Redskins owner taking over control, it just immediately made Ralph Wilson fiddling with our quarterbacks and forcing us to start Rob Johnson come to mind immediately. Second of all, I just I can't help but analogize the Bills, or excuse me, the Sabres not wanting this Jacques fellow with us all not wanting Josh Allen. And we were wrong about that. So I just I trust Botterill. Maybe they're privy to some information or not. I would like to see us go outside of the Sabres and or the Pittsburgh um, mm-hmm. area because it just reeks of narrow-mindedness to me. Yeah, I, I get that sense too. I mean, it seems like a lot. I don't. I get that. It can get stale when the Bills continually take from the Carolina Panthers. It could get stale when the Sabres continually take from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I don't mind if you do that once in a while, but... Yeah, like, I get it. Because that's what it reeks of. It reeks of you're hiring the guy because you don't know what else to do, and you know who you know who he is. You have a personal relationship with him. That's it. And that sounds like ignorance to me. That sounds like you're hiring the guy because you know him. And you don't have a great sense of what else is out there. That's what that reeks of to me. That's what that type of hire sounds like. And I have zero interest in seeing them do that. Because the last thing I think we all want to see is them waste away 
another few years of Jack Eichel's prime. This is a young man's game, and that guy, that man is in his prime right now. 22 to 29. Like, that's, that's when you're getting the most out of your players. And here comes Jack Eichel. He's in it now. He's got a lot of years left. I'm not saying, like, you've only got a few years left of Jack Eichel here. I mean, he's under contract for seven more years. I wouldn't anticipate that he's going to be any less of a player he is right now. In fact, I probably think he probably gets better. But how many years are we going to waste of Jack Eichel's career here being bad? How much are we going to waste on another coach for that? Because this, if this idea doesn't work, and it could, but, man, you got to nail this hire. Not just for Jason Bottrell's job's sake, but, like, for all our, pers- our sakes. Like, we're sick, just, aren't we all just sick of coaching hires and coaching searches over and over and over and over? Can't even talk about continuity ever because they just never even have the right guy in place. And if you mess this one up again, and I can't imagine it goes great with this guy as your coach, Jacques Martin, then I think you're just wasting another two years. It's what it's gonna it's good what it's gonna feel like. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. In John Shannon's report from Sportsnet, by the way, on Martin, he mentions that Ottawa has also reached out looking for interest in Jacques Martin, and I hope that's the case. He's from Ottawa. He's coached them. He coached them for a really long time, too. I think he coached them for like eight or nine years was the exact amount. He coached the Ottawa Senators from 95 until 2004, so nine years. So I don't know. Maybe there's a connection there. Maybe he'd want to go back home, and maybe the Sabres wouldn't even even be in the running. I mean, it's funny to say, but I hope Jock Martin passes on the Buffalo Sabres if he really gets that option. Let's let's back let's back if we have to. I want to see the Sabres backed into a corner where they have to do something forward thinking. Todd Richards is the other name out there. I don't hate that idea as much, but again, that's like just come on. Why are we doing the same names over and over and over in the NHL? If you don't know about Todd Richards that much, six years coaching experience. Plus seven games where he went 0-7 with the Blue Jackets and got fired. And in those six seasons, one playoff season where he got rolled by the Pittsburgh Penguins. But that guy's going to be my head coach now. I just... I was in such a good place about the Sabres with the Leafs losing and the Gronberg stuff. And then, boom, just feels like rock bottom. They haven't done it yet. I hope they don't do it. But it'll feel like rock bottom. 803 is the phone number. We'll get into some draft as we progress here on the Nightcap. Jody Biasi hanging out here on WGR. I don't subscribe to the theory that he's vulnerable in terms of uh, likely being fired. You know, when they gave him the eight-year, $50 million deal, they knew that it was going to be a marathon, not a sprint. I think that Toronto Maple Leafs are a better team than they were a year ago. And that's what you have to look at when you're trying to assess and analyze progress. Of course it's gutting that they lost Game 7 of the Boston Bruins, but I didn't think that Freddie Anderson played as well in Game 7 as he did in Game 6. That, that, that's not on coaching. That's just the reality of a situation. Darren Dreger, TSN. I'm with the instigators earlier today on the Leafs. We'll get a little bit more into them as we progress. I got some Leafs stuff. I hate them, and I'm happy. They're out again. Babcock on the hot seat. 
I mean, I don't think he gets fired now, but pressure is certainly on. You go out again in the round one next year, and then it's really hard to argue that you stick around, no matter who you are. I'll get more into depth than that a little bit. Sabres on the docket here. The coaching search. Ricard Gronberg seems like a very popular idea. Jacques Martin's name thrown in the ring today. And that name seems pretty unpopular among Sabre fans, at least so far. Uh, all social media that I've seen and fans that I've we've had on the line, the text line, calling in, friends, like everyone I'm talking to just doesn't they don't they don't like it doesn't appeal to them. And uh, Todd Richards to a lesser extent as well in the conversation right now I guess as the Sabre coach although Dreger specified that was more speculation uh, than anything. Eight zero three zero five fifty is the phone number. Jason Bottrell too. Would it change your opinion at all of Jason Bottrell if he makes that hire? Jacques Martin. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's go to Adam and Lake George. Adam, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Joe? Listen, I, um, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Bottrell to get this right. I hate to be doom and gloom, but uh, I, I want to start with, first of all, it seemed like everyone just kind of accepted when he had his uh, press conference after Housley was fired that he said it was his decision. But I think back to you know, earlier in the season, you know, near the uh, last quarter when he was asked by the media, asked him, you know, told him fans want a coaching change. And his defense of Housley was impassioned. I mean, he was he was visibly upset by mm-hmm. the action. Um, and it seemed to me that he, want, he was going to be a staunch supporter of Housley no matter what. So I have my suspicions as to whether or not he really even wanted to let go of this guy in the first place, even though he said that it was his decision um, I wouldn't put it past the organization and, you know, the Pagulas to say, listen, you have to get rid of this guy, but, you know, we're going to tell, you know, the fan, the media and the fans that this was your decision, so it looks like you're in control. Um, and then just going back to, you know, why I don't have a lot of faith that he'll get this pick right, he chose Housley in the first place. And by all accounts, everything that I've heard about Phil Housley, you know, and watched over the last two seasons is that this Sabres team – by way of ice time and other coaching decisions, uh, didn't seem to value analytics very heavily. And you think that that would be something that would come up in the job interview the first time that he hired a head coach. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm not overly optimistic about uh, who he's going to choose. I'm, for that reason, I'm not really surprised to hear that Josh Martin is uh, someone that's being considered, but I definitely uh, don't want him. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like-minded. I'm thinking kind of in the same way you are. Thanks for the call, man. Um like, I I don't want to say I was. I guess I was a little surprised that I heard Martin's name mentioned today. I don't think that's because though, there's no reason to believe he would have been a candidate with the connection there. I just wanted to. Th- I I thought. I guess I thought higher of Bottrell than that idea. And this is all, by the way, should go without saying. This is all assuming that this speculation and report from Darren Dreger is accurate that Martin is a serious candidate because if he's not then I don't have a big issue with what they've looked at so far if Gronberg's name's in the ring if McClellan was a guy of interest to them like I'm fine with that but yeah I mean you're right Housley and how much the team valued analytics it's not even like they were super advanced stats like, there were basic stats that told you that Vladimir Sabotka in 3-on-3 three three overtime is a bad idea. I don't think you needed analytics for that. You could have just looked at HockeyReference.com and looked at the first page 
and said, hey, maybe not a guy to put on 3-on-3 three three overtime. Maybe not a guy to be putting on the ice when you're down one late in games, because that happened too, just because of face-off percentage. So yeah, I don't I don't know what he values. Um, it would I I would think though they would really value the analytics and the advanced stats and all the information that's out there. That's what Gronberg put it as in that story with John Vogel today. He didn't even put it as like yeah analytics. He takes it into account, but as he describes it, it's just more information. Why would you ignore it? You don't have to take it all into account and use it to drive every decision you make. But you gotta listen to it. It's all it is is more information. And yeah, I don't know how much evidence there is right now this organization has respected that. The Keefe idea would be respecting that. Gronberg would be respecting that. And that's why I think those are maybe the mo- two of the most popular names right now for this job. Let's go to Jake in Sacramento. Jake, what's up, man? You're on the cap. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. They have been saying this from day one, man. My confidence in Botterill is absolutely zero. I'm going to say four names to you. Housley. Kane, O'Reilly, Leonard. His decisions have been horrible. What has he really done to improve this hockey team? Look at the free agents he's brought in. They've made zero impact to it. I really think the problem rests with Botterill, and I have zero confidence in his ability to choose the right coach. And behind Botterill, I think the, the real root of the problem is Kid Pagula. What you guys don't realize is Pagulas are making these calls, and it's ridiculous. Just like, you know. The- Who, they're making what calls? What calls are they making? We know they forced him to fire Housley. No, nobody knows that. What what makes you think that that happened? Because what he said, you you saw that impassioned speech about Bottero, about how he was absolutely adamant that Phil deserved to stay. There was no yeah. Okay, maybe he changed his mind. There was there was about two months after that of really bad hockey that very well could have changed his mind. Should he have maybe got to the decision sooner? Sure. Maybe there's an argument to be made. There's also an argument to be made. He should have finished the season. There's, there's nothing that says that Kim Pagula is the one who forced Jason Bottrell to fire Phil Housley. Nothing. I want to give Bottrell credit that he's running the show here. And really, like that doesn't just come with the coaching. That comes with trades. That comes with roster decisions. And if you're living in a world where you think every decision any GM makes on one of these teams is the owner's doing, then I got news for you. You're going to have a tough time, I think, really deciding who you like and dislike as a coach and as a general manager. I, I can't live in that that world when especially there's not a lot of evidence for it. Like there's no report out there or there's no or there's no speculation. There's no really anything. Like even the Redskins thing today. Like, that's a legitimate report from a guy who's plugged in. There's not even that. So, to me, there's no reason to think that that's the case. I don't even remember what you said before that, because I got swamped into that last point. So, sorry, man. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Tony in Buffalo. Tony, you're on the nightcap. What's up? I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very disturbed by this, because I was excited by the thought of a innovative coach from over in Europe coming over here. And, and I, uh, this is equivalent to me. Is, is, is right on par with Tim Murray going to get Laner for that first-round pick. And, and when that happened, I said, what the heck is he doing? you got three first-round picks. Why would you give away? See, they're reaching back into their old organizations, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the, the thing is with uh, Jacques Martin, his style is 
very, very, very defensive. And you can't, and offensively, you can't have the puck on your stick for no more than two seconds. You know what I'm saying? So his his style is just not conducive to these young players that's offensive in this this system. He's going to try to make these players something that they're not. If I'm going to lose, I want to at least look, you know, excited about what I see out there. You're telling me you're going to bring this old guy in here to teach Darlene. You know, I, I'm yeah. excited when uh, Darlene, I see Darlene in the office jumping up in the play, man. Now you're going to tell me this old guy is going to sit up there and, 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 and do more harm than good with this kid? I'm, I'm disturbed by this, if, if this is true. We're, we're all just speculating, right? I mean... But it's a report from a legitimate guy, though. So, like, it's speculating, but, I mean, there's reason to believe. And there was already a dot, dots to connect there because of the Pittsburgh connection. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm so glad you brought up Darlene, man. Tony, thanks for the call. Like, you got to do everything with him in mind now, I think. He is the key to saving this ship, to keeping this thing afloat. Eichel is great. But Darlene, like Darlene is going to be the goods. I think when this thing gets right and the Sabres are an actual contender, I'm saying when. I'm still saying when just because of the high and talent on the team. But when this thing gets right, I think Darlene is the best player on this team. That's the type of ceiling he's got. And you're right. I mean, just the, the, even the thought of... The early years of Rasmus Dahlin's career coming up under Jacques Martin. That's nuts. I think that's nuts. I don't know how you land in that in that place. I don't know. Dwayne and Tonawanda, you're next up in the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um only name that should be on Bottle's radar is Gronberg. Um, I think hiring Jacques Martin, hiring that dinosaur is a huge mistake. Um, I don't need a coach, a near 70-year-old coach, teaching my franchise defenseman, my franchise offensive puck-carrying defenseman, how to be, you know, not saying it's a bad thing, but some shut-down defensive hockey player in a scoring league. Like, and I've been, I'm a season ticket holder. I've been through, as everyone else has, through thick and thin with this team. And if I have, if they, if I seriously in the next week find out that Jacques Martin is the next head coach of this hockey team, I might just cancel my season tickets because I just can't do this anymore with this team. Like it's the wrong choice. It is the wrong choice. Give me every head coach gets their head start somewhere. They have to get their start somewhere. And you have a guy who has led the Swedish national team to how many medals? How many gold medals? This would be three in a row, at least in the World Championships, if they win it this year. Yeah, a lot. And you have you have Pilot. You have Darlene. You have, uh, I mean, I know Nylander's finished, but they play the same style. Olofsson. You have uh, Olofsson, yeah. Asplin, like all these Swedish hockey players, Ristolainen. Like, what are we thinking here? Like, just go, it's the obvious choice. Like, it just blows my mind that we're sitting here just running through these retread coaches. I mean, if you're going to bring, just want to bring Lindy Roth back. I mean, what are we doing here? This is so stupid. Like, Jacques Martin, I'm, like, I am calling for the firing of Botterell if he seriously hires Jacques Martin as the next head coach of this hockey team. I'll hang up and listen, man. Sorry. No, you're good. Dwayne, thanks for the call, man. You brought the fire, and it's frustration, and it's deserved, and it's fair. Everything in there is fair. I don't think you're firing the GM because of if he hires that guy, if he hires Martin, but fans are going to feel that. 
season ticket holders are going to feel that. It's just not an idea that's going to get anybody excited. And there's a reason for that. So yeah, I'm on board with you for the most part there. Like, I just don't see the merit to it. And Gronberg, like, this is the perfect opportunity to do it. You are in a spot where it makes all the sense in the world. And you shouldn't make that decision just based on the nationality of some of your players, but that's like a feather in your cap. It's just another little reason to do it. He has experience coaching Dahlin. He has experience coaching other Swedish NHL players because those are NHL players that play at the World Championships. Ristolainen's finished, by the way, but it's fine. And I, to me, like the the added experience, not just being a head coach on the world or on the men's team, but also with the junior team, because like I I do want some of what my next coach is to be a developer, but I don't want it to. You know what I mean? I don't want him to just be a developer. And I feel like I'm getting the best of both worlds with this guy in every sense. And his beard is awesome. I'm not going to lie. That has me intrigued. I want a guy as my head coach with a sick beard. I'm not going to lie. Now that is like probably 70th on the list for the reason that I want him as the Sabres coach. But it's on there. 803 is the phone number. Um, I'm going to do a quick power ranking of... Who I want to see is the next Sabres coach when we come back. But we'll keep rolling through your calls as well. 803-0550 is the phone number. We'll talk NFL draft in hour number two as we are 24 hours away from the Bills and the first round of the NFL draft. So the nightcap with Jody Biasi here on WGR. He's absolutely the most significant driver of that, without a doubt. I have other responsibilities, so I'm not able to be there on a day-to-day basis, but Chris Taylor is there every day, living and breathing the Rochester Americans, the development mandate from the Buffalo Sabres, and there is nobody better suited to drive that part of our organization than Chris Taylor. He is the single biggest reason that we've been able to do what we've done in a short period of time, because it all flows through tails. That is the Sabres assistant GM, Amherst GM, Randy Sexton, on the morning show yesterday talking about Chris Taylor. He's still, I'd have to say, considered a nominee to be the next Sabres head coach. The Amherst are on the verge of elimination here. They are down to the Marlies in Game 3. They would have to win the next three. It's the best of five series in the first round of the HL playoffs. They're down 2 to nothing, and now they're down one to nothing in Game 1 in Toronto. Um, so Chris Taylor, like that, if that happens, that could happen quick here. Now, if Sheldon Keefe is on the Sabres' wish list, they might have to wait on that because he obviously could advance here. Um, Gronberg, Jacques Martin, Todd Richards, these are all names that are now pretty much, I guess, in the mix to be the next Sabres head coach if you if you have to go off uh, what reports have said so far. 803 is the phone number. Talked a lot about Jacques Martin and what really, like, would that be an indictment on Jason Bottrell? Because it's starting to sound... Like We're getting some fans in here on the line that I think are echoing what a lot of people are thinking. I don't think everybody's thinking it, but, man, it would be, it would sound like a questionable hire, to say the least, if this team goes ahead and hires Jacques Martin as its next head coach. Let's uh, keep rolling through the phones here. Gary in Toronto, you're next in the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm a season ticket holder in Sweet. Toronto, so I feel the abuse, although today's a happy day. Anyway. Right with 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 the Leafs, you're in Toronto and you're a Sabre uh, ticket holder. Yeah, I go down to like 15, 20 games. It's been tough to sell the other ones. I'll tell you lately, you take a lot mm-hmm. of losses, so I've got skin in the game. 
Here's one of my problems with the Sabres right now, I think, and, and maybe it's an unknown. But you wonder why we don't know the real reason O'Reilly was shipped out of town. We seem to have this, in order, you know, there's all these rumors of an inordinate power of Eichel controlling too many things. Do you remember when Bosma got fired and pre, during that season, Reinhardt, at one game, I don't know if you recall this, he made him dress and sat him at, at the end of the bench as discipline. I mean, it was quite a sight if you remember that game. And I feel like well, the thing that the Sabres need more than anything, and I don't know if Jacques Martin is the right guy for this, but they need to shake up that dressing room. They need to let the people know the coach is in charge. This is his team. They're going to play it my way, and you're going to play my way, or you're not going to play it all no matter if you're who you are on the team. And part of me thinks that a Swedish coach who comes from an almost completely different culture is going to change the whole axis of power in that dressing room, which is one of the reasons... Personally, I wouldn't mind seeing the Swedish coach, although I don't know enough about him. About him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say like the culture difference might be too much different there because he does, not only does he have coaching experience over here in college hockey in North America, but, I mean, he played college hockey here. So, and that was rare. Like, reading that article about him today, he came over to play college hockey as a Swedish player in North America when there was very few Swedish players in the NHL. So like he lived here, he's a dual citizen. Um I don't I don't know that it would be too big or like it'd be this giant culture shock for that locker room. I mean, you could have a little bit of that, but like in, in terms of being like a fresh way of thinking, not necessarily just like him being Swedish. That would be my thought on that. Thanks for the call, man. Let's go to Chucky and Amherst. Chucky, you're on the nightcap. Yeah, how are we doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad. I was saying there's only one candidate that really deserves the, the respect here, and he brings the the demeanor. He he needs the respect. He commands the respect of the locker room, and that right now is Gronberg's beard, and that's the <laughs> thing that the players will be paying attention to. I'm going to be paying attention. The media mm-hmm. like will be looking at this beard, yeah. talking hockey, and the culture will be saved just from this beard. I I dude, I'm I'm on board, man. It's majestic. It really is. I you look around the league too. Like some of these, some of these coaches that you have got respect in. Like look at Joel Quenville. You what's the first thing you think of when Joel Quenville? Is it rings? Is it the Blackhawks? You might think it is, but no, it's that mustache. That's the first thing you think of when when you think of Joel Quenville. Lindy Ruff. Do you think of Sabres coach Lindy Ruff? No. When you picture him in your head, it's the mustache. So I'm I'm in on it. I'm in on it. It's a nice beard. It's it's good. It's good. It's like it's not quite blonde either. So, did I go too far there? No, I think we're all right. Let's go to Rich in Buffalo. Rich, you're on the nightcap. What's up? How you doing tonight? Good. How about you? Now, this might sound like a crazy idea, but... I've had crazy ideas, so I'm sure you can't, uh, you can't top me. Let's see. All right. So, this, this team's supposed to have the best players in the world that we selected on this team, right? Um, I, well, not best players in the world, but high-end talent, yes. High-end talent, playing at... Uh, on championship teams, all their lives, high level. Any way you look, yeah, they know how to play hockey. Yeah. Okay. So now you're talking about the coach in Rochester, Chris Taylor. Yep. Bring Chris Taylor up here on an interim basis. Let these guys run the roost like everybody's talking about. That may be one of the problems. Let them go out and play. Let them run the practices. What are we talking about? Are we are we talking about having no head coach? I would love it to see <laughs> what they would do. I think they'd be terrible. I'm not going to lie, man. Um, I don't mind you bringing that up. 
I guess. But no, that's not going to happen. They're not going to go with no head coach. I guess it couldn't be worse than it's been the past couple of years. I'm not going to lie to you. But um, no. All right. It's a good way to wrap up the uh, Sabre talk for the day, I think. Do we go out on a high note? Not beard? A beard call and then no head coach. I think that's probably where we should wrap things up for tonight. If you still want to get on the Sabres coach search, though, we'll let you through at 803-0550. We're going to get into lots of NFL draft, though, in hour number two. We are exactly 24 hours away from the draft. So we'll get into that as well. NHL playoff scoring update coming on the other side. Game 7 between the Capitals and Hurricanes underway right now. We'll let you know what's going on there as we progress. So the nightcap, Jody Biasi, hour number two next here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.